Hi, my name is Simon Nixon and I'm the pastor at Norelling Community Congregational Church. And we're so happy to have you join us at our church's live stream this morning. If you want more information about our church or what we're talking about, or if you'd like prayer for anything, feel free to contact us via our website or on our Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you. I hope you enjoy the service. Good morning, and uh, thanks for joining us today. Again, as usual, really glad that you could be with us today. Uh, we're going to continue again the series we have through the eyes of a look at uh, Jesus through the, diff- the various eyes of different people that he connects with throughout the Gospels. And as we start today, why don't you join me in prayer? Lord God, we thank you again for the ability we um, have to connect and, and meet uh, uh, online through the technology we have to do it. Lord, I particularly pray this morning for anyone who's just sitting at home and has a sense of, of feeling lonely. Um, a sense of disconnection, Lord, that they would feel a part of something this morning and maybe even take the opportunity to reach out to someone um, to talk to, to, to connect with. But Lord, I pray that we would feel connected to you and to each other as we uh, look at your word this morning. Speak to us, encourage us, challenge us and grow us as we are. take a look at this, uh, this passage of scripture this morning. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to have a look at Matthew chapter 16, and we're going to, uh, the, the topic of the sermon today is Jesus through fresh eyes. And because we've talked about the disciples, and the disciples have this growing understanding of who Jesus is, and that kind of culminates here in Matthew chapter 16. So we're going to look at Matthew chapter 16 from verse 13 to 20. This is actually one of my favorite little bits of scripture. So this is what it says when... When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? And they replied, Some say John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood but by my Father in heaven, and I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of he- to the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And then he ordered his disciples, do not tell anyone that he was, not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. So a very important piece of scripture. Jesus, he's been with his disciples now for around about three years and they'd seen everything. They'd seen the miracles he'd done. They'd seen um, the, the way that he taught, the way that he interacted with people. And they had this continually growing understanding that this was someone that was more than just a, a teacher um, and that they had a sense that Jesus was the son of God. But this is a moment, the first real time. Jesus, he says to them, who do people say that I am? And, and they kind of gave this, so well, some people, they say that you're this. And some people say that you're that. And uh, some, some say you're Moses or, or one of the prophets. Um, but that wouldn't be the entirety of what people would have said. Some people would have said he's a liar. Some people would have said he's a heretic. Some people would have said he's crazy. 
um, all sorts of things that would have been said about Jesus. And, and so Jesus invites them to consider this question, who do people say that I am? And, but then he, he, he zeroes in on them and he asks them um, a more personal question, who uh, do you say that I am? I have this joke with my kids until they grow out of it. Um, I walk up to them and then I pretend not to know who they are. I've forgotten. Who are you? What's your name? Funny. Are you sure it's not funny? Yeah. What's your name again? Funny. I don't know if it is. Isn't it funny? No. Is your name Bunny? No. Are you sure? No. What is your name? I don't know if that is your name. I can't remember. What's your name again? It's Sunny. Are you sure that it's Sunny? All right. I'll believe you. Your name is Sunny. Yes. Yes. We can have that joke without it becoming too scary for them because they know that I know who they are. They know that I haven't forgotten. They don't know. They know that I, I, I know exactly who they are and what makes them them. It's because I spend time with them all of the time. I see them in their good, good days and in their bad days. I see them uh, when things are hard or when things are easy. I know their personalities. I know all about them. And so we can joke about not knowing who they are because they're actually secure. Right? Secure in the fact that they know that I know who they are. And so Jesus is, is asking his disciples, do you really know after three years... And all the time you've spent with me, all the journeying we've done, all the things you've heard and all the things you've seen, do you know, who do you say that I am? And Simon on Peter, he, he's the one who responds, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. He's, he's declaring, Jesus, you are the one that was foretold, the Messiah, the one who's come to save. You're the one that the Old Testament taught us about, our, our forefathers, our um, our families told us would come to save us. You are that Messiah. Now, if you've been following along <clears throat> um, throughout this series, one of the, the recurring themes that keeps coming back into these stories around Jesus is this idea of who was the Messiah going to be? Because many people believe that the Messiah would come and they would be like a great military general. Someone that would lead the Israelite, the Jewish people, the Israelite people into, into battle to free them from the oppression the, the, that they had under Roman occupation. See, they were people that weren't free to be themselves. They weren't free to, to live out their customs and their traditions. They weren't free to even ultimately um, do the things that they would normally do. They were under the occupation of the Roman people and it was believed that someone would come to save them, and Messiah would come to save them. And so when the disciples say that you're the Messiah, again, it, it re-engages them in this question, who is the Messiah? What's he come to do? Has he come to save us? Has he come to lead us to freedom from Roman occupation? And Jesus, when, when, when Simon Peter declares this, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God, Jesus replies to him, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. See, that up until now, this isn't the first time that someone in, in these scriptures recognizes Jesus as the Messiah. It's happened a few times up until now. We've even talked about some of those stories. But this is the first time that the disciples truly recognize it. That all of the things that they've seen and they've heard has 
has moved them to a place of, of understanding and ultimately a place of revelation. That it has ultimately now been revealed to them by God who Jesus is, <clears throat> the Messiah, the Son of God, that they have this now new understanding that this is, this is Jesus, the Son of God. God in person, in, in flesh, God as human here with them, that they essentially were walking on holy ground with Jesus. That is revealed to them by the Father. And Jesus goes on, he says, I tell you that you are now Peter, and we don't even need to deal with the joke there, do we? Um, but I tell you now that you are Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Now, this, these couple of sentences, it just holds a couple of huge, enormous moments in terms of understanding who Jesus was as the Messiah. See, <clears throat> there's a lot of parts of the church that believe that when, um, when Peter declared that, or when Jesus declared that Peter, your name is changed to Peter and I'm going to build my church on this rock, the first thing that they might understand is that um, they would build the church on the foundation of uh, the apostles. And ultimately, there's a little bit of truth to that, that the apostles, these disciples, Peter and, and the others went out and they shared the word and, and to the point where now churches had been built on top of, um, on top of the disciples' graves because we, we took it so literally that we believed that the church would be built on that. But that's not really what Jesus is saying. See, the moment that's taking place here is a new revelation. The disciples are having a new revelation, a new understanding of who Jesus is. This is the thing that will be built on. This revelation, this understanding of, of who Jesus is. And then something else happens that helps us understand what Jesus is about to do, see, is on this rock I will build my church. Now, there's a problem here in that when Jesus said this, the word church didn't even exist. We didn't have church buildings, they had temples, but they didn't have church buildings. They did have tabernacles, but not church buildings. The churches we know wasn't something that existed wasn't something that was there. And so Jesus didn't say, I'll build my church. The word that he uses um, is he says, I will build my um, ecclesia. And, and it's a word that means a, an assembly of people called out. Assembly of people called out for a purpose. And, and the ecclesia in these times was, was this group of people that were called to make big decisions. And one of the big decisions that the ecclesia would sometimes be called to make would be whether or not these people would go to war. And so when Jesus is saying, I'm going to build my ecclesia and, uh, on this rock, then people might start thinking, well, is it time for the battle to begin? Is Jesus calling us to decide it's time to go to war? And so people would have been asking the question, is it time to go to war? Jesus, are you going to finally lead us into freedom? But what does Jesus say next? He says, on this rock, I will build my ecclesia and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. He's, uh, some might play as you might read that. The gates of hell will, will not overcome it. He's, he's saying that if he was wanting us to battle against the Romans in this moment, 
then what Jesus would say is, I'm going to build an ecclesia and we're going to go to war against the Romans and the Romans won't overcome what I'm doing, right? the, the army that I'm forming. We're going to go into battle. And that's not what he says. He says the gates of, of Hades will not overcome what I am building. This thing that is built on a revelation, on an understanding. Jesus is helping us understand that the battle that he that is being fought here is actually one of revelation, one of understanding. It's a battle that's fought in our, our minds, uh, for our thinking, the way that we think, the way that we see Jesus, the way that we see people. Do we see people the way that Jesus sees them? Do we love people the way that Jesus loves them? Or would we be confined to the way that people were thinking, siloed off into their own sides, their own teams, that we battle against each other, fighting war and battle against each other. We read it later on that our battle is not against flesh and blood. And Jesus wasn't leading us into a battle against flesh and blood. He was leading us into a battle uh, around our thinking, around our understanding, around our understanding of who he was, the recognition that Jesus is the one who's come to save. He goes on to say, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. That he's inviting us into his kingdom, that his people, his ecclesia called um, into his kingdom, welcomed to be part of, of his family, that that the battle we fight isn't an earthly battle, but it's a spiritual battle going on all around us. That Jesus is setting the terms for what is about to happen next. No longer fighting against each other, but understanding the battle we fight is one against spiritual things, against ways of thinking, against ideas that aren't from God. He's inviting the disciples, he's encouraging the disciples, you are now my ecclesia, my people called out for a purpose. And in that purpose, there's going to be a fight, but it's not going to be a fight the way you're expecting it. It'll be a fight for your mind, for the way you think, for the way you understand me. But it's good, disciples, you recognize now who I am. I'm the son of God. And it's my kingdom that I'm offering to you. He says that um, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. See, we're fighting a kingdom battle with the weapons of the kingdom. And, and ultimately that is an understanding and knowledge of who Jesus is. An ability to love the way that he loves us, to love our neighbor as ourselves, as a matter of fact, we're going to jump into that very idea next week as we look at uh, the Good Samaritan. What does it look like to love my neighbor? See, Jesus is he, he, he's setting the terms for this battle. This battle for the, the soul of, of people. Now, the good news is, is that um, Jesus has the power to win <laughs> these battles. That when we dedicate, when we hand over our life, when we allow revelation of who Jesus is to change the way that we think about the world. And it's no longer about us and what I need and what I get, but it's about how do I serve? How do I love? How do I follow you, Jesus? How do I be this ecclesia, this person that's called by you to a great purpose in showing love 
in this world? How do I do those things? When we can do those things, we enter into the, the battle that Jesus has set. And that when we allow our thinking to be changed by God, by his word, by what he's doing in our lives, we, we find that we continue to win, continue to win victory in our thinking. And victory in our thinking should lead to victory for others, for, for love for others, for that we would live in a way that pursues freedom for others. That's the, the battle that Jesus is talking about. See, he changes the whole thing. He's being really clear now to his disciples. I haven't come to rule as a ruling king, as a general who's fighting in battle. I've come for something greater. I've come that my kingdom might be established in your thinking, in your mind, in the way that you live, that you might live in the way that I call you to love each other, to love God, to to understand that we are truly loved by Jesus. So let's today be challenged in our thinking. Let's pursue a new revelation, a new understanding, a new growing in how Jesus loves us, how he sees us in who he is and what he's able to do in our lives and in our world. To put our faith in him that what he's doing is good and can be trusted. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you so much for your love for us. And we thank you that you've called us to be part of your church, your ecclesia, your people called toward a purpose. And that purpose is to love and is to know you and understand you and and to grow in the knowledge of you and ultimately to grow in the way that we love you and that we love the people around us. And like the disciples here when they declared Jesus as the Messiah in our own hearts and our minds this morning, we declare you our Messiah, our rescuer, our saviour, the one who teaches us and guides us and moves us towards a loving way to live. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks so much for joining us this week at Church Online with Norellan Community Congregational Church. We pray that it's been a blessing to you and that this week you might make a difference in the heart of your community. Please reach out if you have any needs or you want us to pray for you. We'd love to do that. And we hope to see you next week. Be blessed. <laughs>